True conversion means turning not only from sin, but also from depending on self-made righteousness. George Whitfield. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. And this was night and day different than anything I had ever experienced. I was humbled and even embarrassed. I really felt God knocking on the door. You know, I was an atheist and I thought that science was the right way and anything else was just silly. It was just, you know, like fairy tale really is what I thought. God had a plan for my life. I believe when we lose our life is when we find the life that God wants us to have. Hola, shalom, and jambo. I am your hardworking host, Dan Henderson. On this episode, we'll hear the former Mormon and member of the Latter-day Saints LDS Church. We'll also learn all about the animated and anointed George Whitfield in our segment, The Heavyweights of Faith. Well, enough for me. Let's get right into it. I'm Haley. I am a former Mormon. I enjoyed the LDS culture, the LDS faith. I had never questioned anything outside of the church, so I wanted the, the promises of the temple marriage and you know living with our families for eternity. I wanted that to be true, so I held on to that for a long time. But at the same time, I had this internal battle of, I want it to be true, but I'm really not quite sure that it is. When I went to school and started meeting some people outside of the church, I started kind of like having questions like, hey, these are really awesome people. Their lives are going really well and they're not LDS. So I started having more questions probably in my mind coming up about maybe, maybe the Mormon faith isn't the only way to live and be happy. And then I met my husband um, and he's from California. He was, his parents are Catholic and he was raised going to Catholic church growing up. and. My parents told us that they could not support a wedding or a marriage that was not on the road to a temple ceiling. And so we had the missionaries over at our house every week and they were teaching my husband all, all the different beliefs and doctrine and everything. And I think during that, I started really having some big questions when I was learning kind of relearning from a very basic perspective what the church taught and then talking to him afterwards and him being like, Haley, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense to me. We decided to try out a Christian church. During the service, the pastor said, God cares more about people than he does the rules. And I was like, okay, that's, I needed to hear that because my whole life I'd been living by a rule book and trying to earn, earn my place with God by following certain rules. You know, I started reading the New Testament and that's really where God started speaking to me was through those, those words that completely contradicted um, everything that I thought I knew. I think for the first time in my life, I was asking God questions and not knowing what his answers would be. And that's when his truth really started speaking to me because growing up 
LDS. I'd ask him if the church was true, but in my mind, I already convinced myself that the church was true. So when I prayed for that, I got a yes answer, but I don't think I would have accepted anything other than a yes answer. I think now understanding his grace, I want to show grace to others because he shows grace to me. I want to love others because he loves me, not because I feel like I have to, but because I want to. And I finally have that, that spiritual, close, intimate relationship with him. And I can feel that and I want to keep that. Through this journey, I've, I've learned that I don't need anyone other than Jesus. He's absolutely all I need. And I've just finally found a relationship with him. And I know that I have a place in heaven with God because of Jesus. And there's nothing that's more important than that. There's nobody who can take that away from me. Learn the basics of the faith. Download our free mini-book. It includes encouraging testimonies, the five scriptures everyone should know, who is the Holy Spirit, and much more. Get the mini-book free at thinktwicetv.com slash mini-book or message us with your address and we'll mail them to you. Ladies and gentlemen, enter the ring with us as we explore the lives of average people who became extraordinary leaders through the power and presence of God. Welcome to Heavyweights of the Faith, brief biographies of great believers who changed the world. George Whitfield was a key figure in the Great Awakening. Because he included both free blacks and slaves in his revivals, his preaching is also often credited as the beginning of African-American Christianity. As a friend of the Wesleys, he was also important in the early Methodist movement, and his influence can still be seen in evangelical circles today. Whitfield is known as a charismatic orator and prolific itinerant preacher. He was perhaps the most influential Anglo-American evangelical leader of the 18th century. Whitfield was born on December 27th, 1714, as a seventh child to Thomas and Elizabeth Whitfield, inn owners in Gloucester, Great Britain. His father died when George was just two years old, and his mother worked hard to keep the inn running and provide for her children. Due to these meager beginnings, the only way for George to attend university was as a servitor, doing menial jobs for more affluent students. While at Oxford, he met John and Charles Wesley and joined their Holy Club. Whitfield even led the Holy Club for a time after the Wesley brothers left for Georgia in the American colonies. Whitfield graduated from Oxford in 1732 and was ordained as a minister in the Anglican Church. He believed that true Christianity should engage the heart and not just the intellect, so his sermons were passionate and designed to elicit emotional responses from his audience. The Anglican Church refused to appoint him a parish, so Whitfield began as an itinerant preacher. In his travels, he often chastised local clergy for their lack of spiritual fervor. He later admitted that he had been too bitter in his zeal during these early days, but it was his rejection of ecclesiastical authority that made him popular in the American colonies who were seeking local democratic control and freedom from the tyranny of the monarchy at the time. 
1738, he made the first of seven eventual trips to the American colonies. There, he used his love of acting to preach sermons that were structured like theatrical plays, using dramatic facial expressions and hand gestures. This was a new style for the colonists who had never experienced the theater. His message was often related to the need for new birth or salvation. He averaged 10 sermons per week and traveled so extensively that nearly every person in the American colonies had heard him preach at least once. While in Savannah, Georgia, Whitfield saw the need for an orphanage and vowed to raise money for the project back in England. In 1740, construction began on the Bethesda Orphanage. Whitfield also partnered with the Moravian Brethren to build an orphanage in Pennsylvania for black children and later partnered with Benjamin Franklin to establish the Charity School for Boys. While back in England raising these funds, George married a young widow, Elizabeth James, in 1741. She suffered pregnancy loss four times before giving birth in 1743 to a son who died only four months later. Then she accompanied Whitfield on his trips to the American colonies from 1744 to 1748, but never accompanied him thereafter. Their marriage appears to have been an unhappy one. She preceded him in death on August 9, 1768, after succumbing to a fever. While Whitfield was away from America, William Seward was his fundraiser, business coordinator, and publicist. Whitfield published journals, 78 of his sermons, and an autobiography that cast him to the best possible light as a model of holy living. These printed resources helped ensure that he was more popular in the colonies upon his return than when he left. Whitfield was the first internationally famous itinerant preacher. Besides the American colonies, he also preached in Scotland, Ireland, Bermuda, Gibraltar, and the Netherlands, as well as in every county in England and Wales. Overall, he preached at least 18,000 sermons to approximately 10 million people using his charisma and loud voice despite his small stature. Benjamin Franklin conducted an experiment where he measured that Whitfield could be heard over 500 feet away, which would allow a semicircle of up to 30,000 people to hear him. Whitfield was a staunch Calvinist, emphasizing the sovereignty of God, and John Wesley was an Armenian, emphasizing a person's free will. But the two were recognized as co-workers and friends. These theological differences did cause a rift in their relationship early on, but the two reconciled and became so close, in fact, that Whitfield asked Wesley to preach the eulogy at his funeral if he should precede him in death. Whitfield died in Newburyport, Massachusetts, of a severe asthma attack after falling ill in September 1770. He preached his final sermon just the day before as he fought through his illness to evangelize, inviting his listeners to come poor, lost, undone sinner, come just as you are to Christ. John Wesley fulfilled his promise to his friend and preached the funeral service held in George Whitfield's honor in London on November 18, 1770. May we follow Whitfield and Wesley's example and let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you, Ephesians 4, 31-32, which is also how Wesley chose to close his sermon at the funeral for his friend. Thank you to Compelling Truth for the use of their written biographies. Please visit compellingtruth.org for more information. 
Before I wrap up this episode, I wanted to let you know about a special page on our website. On this page, you can learn all about cults and spiritual beliefs, uh, such as the Latter-day Saints, LDS Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, New Age beliefs, Christian science, and much more. Learn what they believe and where they part ways with Christianity. For all that info, go to thinktwicetv.com forward slash cults. Hey, thanks again for listening. I want to leave you with this from 1 Corinthians 8.3. But the man who loves God is known by God.